The Audacious has been recording. The Audacious is now recording. It's time to start. Bow, bow. Bow, bow. What are we on? This is for week. So this is episode 13, right? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Can you believe it's week 13? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the episode 13 of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. Uh, I am your host, Thomas James, also known as TJ, here with your host, Jack Robert, also known as JR. Jack, how are you doing tonight? I am both here and JR, so you're correct. That's fantastic. I was hoping that was the case. So uh, I'm doing great. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful night. Great weekend of football, and you're actually thinking of it's a wonderful life, and you are correct. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I always, I, I always get that mixed up. Anyways, um, no, I mean, dude, playoffs, 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 playoffs. It's here, dude. This was the last week of the regular season, and boy, did it deliver on the drama. Yeah, we had some major drama in week thirteen. I want to start off with a little bit of a rant, if that's okay. Yeah, take it away, Tommy. Please, please. You have a lot to say. I do have a lot to say. And this rant is about just how unfair and stupid and ridiculous and lame and unjust and stupid. I don't think I said that yet. I'm just kidding, I did. Anyway, I am absolutely livid at the fact that Daniel R. Dombrowski did not make the playoffs in our league. I have some stats here that I think are going to blow you away about Dan's team and how good it is and the fact that he finished 5-8 and eight and didn't make the playoffs is absolutely astounding. So, starting off... Before, before you get into the stats, before you get into the stats, I couldn't agree more. And I appreciate you leading the show with this because fantasy football is tough, but nothing's tougher than having a good team that just gets unlucky. And dance season epitomized that this year. A lot of tough matchups, but also a slow start to the season. I'm sure you'll get into the numbers. I'm interested to hear because it, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's no question Dan has the best team in the league that won't be making the playoffs. Probably one of the top three teams in the league, period. Yeah, absolutely. Dan has by far the best team that, in the history of our league, has not made the playoffs. Yeah. Statistically, we've never had... So he is top three in scoring. He was the third highest scoring team overall for the year, only behind Scott and Louie. He was third, and he ended up in ninth place. So we'll just start with that. The other thing is that he averaged, so he started 0-5, right, like you talked about. He got up to a really slow start. But since week five, he's averaging just under 14,000 points per week. He had one week after week five of less than 13,000 points, and that was when he scored 12,988 points. 
So he missed the mark by 12 points. Now, it's just, okay, so when you look at Dan's team, listen to this. Dan has on his roster the number two and the number seven running back fantasy points for the year. Not to mention that Ezekiel Elliott is also still the ninth-ranked running back. He has the number five tight end in Evan Ingram. He has the number seven, the seventh-ranked wide receiver on the year in Larry Fitzgerald. He has the eighth-ranked wide receiver on the year in Adam Thielen. And he has the number two-ranked quarterback on the year in Carson Wentz. That's Do you know how many teams can say they have two top... 10 wide receivers, two top 10 running backs, and a top five quarterback, and a top five tight end. Guess how many other teams can say that they have that? Zero other teams. There are zero other teams that can say they have that. Yeah, I mean, wow. Those numbers are pretty remarkable. I appreciate you bringing that to the table. It's, I mean, like you said it, Carson Wentz has been, that's been probably one of the biggest surprises on Dan's team in terms of how good he's been. I didn't know Larry Fitzgerald was so high. I knew Adam Thielen was having a career year, but Larry Fitzgerald, man, the dude doesn't age. Seventh in fantasy points for wide receivers. Good for him. And, you know, Shady McCoy, I, I Alvin Kamara, the biggest surprise on Dan's team, the biggest surprise in the entire league. Definitely, I mean, I don't know. Don't you think he's going to be rookie of the year? Oh, I think without question he has to be. I mean, who else do you give it to? The guy's been absolutely unstoppable specifically the second half of the year and it's just it's so he had so he he went five and three in his last in those last eight games where he averaged just under 14,000 his three losses he scored 14,374 in week eight and lost he scored 15,382 in week 11 and lost he scored 13,012 last week and lost if Dan wins if Dan would have won he just needed to win he didn't need, so Drew, he needed Drew to lose and Dad to lose, and both of those things happened. He only needed one of them to lose. Uh, I should clarify that. Either or. It didn't need to be both, and they both ended up losing. And Justin scores, it, this is just, it just epitomizes Dan's season because Justin scores 13,500. Justin hadn't scored more than 11,500 since week six. I mean, I mean, their teams aren't even close. Nothing about this season makes sense to me, and I don't like. I don't care about myself. Like, I don't deserve to make the playoffs. I thought I had a good team. It turned out it was horrible. Craig didn't deserve to make it either. Anna, you could definitely make a very solid argument that she deserved to make it in. Not as much as Dan did, but she had a very solid team. She had two losses. With 13,900 and 14,200, if she gets either of those victories, you know, she she could have made the playoffs as well. It just, it felt, it, this feels like a year where, like, this is proof that, like, I don't know, like, Dan's team was cursed or something. He just, he couldn't catch a break the entire season. Like, not once. <laughs> his, his, yeah, it just, it's, <sighs> I feel so bad for him. I feel so bad for him because... He's got, I think he's got, I think he's got for sure a top three team. You could argue uh, at this point that Dan ha- has the best team, I think. I mean, with, with, this, with the stats I just provided, he has such a good team. And the fact that he is not in the playoffs is absolutely criminal. We should move on from this because I'm getting, uh, I'm getting a little, uh, a little heated here. But 
We're hooked up. A little heated. A little heated. That's okay. Hey, it's an emotional thing, fantasy football. And uh, I'm sure Dan will appreciate hearing that you've got his back. And um, we're wishing Dan the best in his uh, recovery time from missing the playoffs because, boy, I'm sure his heart is shattered. He changed his team name to middle finger emoji football emoji. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's uh, I think couldn't that's have very, said it better myself, Dan. I think that's very valid. So let's let's get into last week's matchups. I'm not really going to go in any specific order. I want to spend a lot of time on week one of the playoffs, so I don't want to spend too much time on most of these matchups. Now, some of them are worth going into because there was a lot at stake. Let's start with my matchup versus your matchup. You beat me with a score of 10,742 to my 8,106. That score is par for the course for me these last five weeks. I had an abysmal last five weeks. My team is in shambles. I'm really proud of Robbie Anderson. He's actually been he you know he's ranked as the 11th wide receiver right now for the year. That's I I mean he's been he's been remarkable in the second half of the season. He has been remarkable in the second half of the season. That's really been my only bright spot on the year uh second half of the year because all the guys that were good for me in the first half of the year have not been in the second half. You don't have a particularly good week. Um, you could I mean Zach Ertz 340 Danny Woodhead, 330. Diggs, 470. Diggs has been, since you got him from Scott, up and down. Matt Ryan with 702. Hopefully next week he can work out for you, but I'm worried for you there because Matt Ryan and that Falcons team. I traded for Matt Ryan for him to play the New Orleans Saints. Yes. he plays him twice in the playoffs, and you'll all see, Okay. Him getting seven oh two against Minnesota means nothing to me. It, I mean, it doesn't I mean nothing? Nothing. Yeah, it doesn't it, worry me at all. It, your it's we'll get into your matchup later, but yeah, you've got a lot riding on this Thursday night game. So, speak, oh my gosh, it's going to be a stressful Thursday. Absolutely. Mark Ingram has another great week, twenty one twenty. Alfred Morris with eighteen seventy. He looked really good, and more specifically, the offensive line looked really good for the first time with. That was Elliot out, and we'll see if he can do that again next week. But I'm 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 guessing you're very encouraged by that performance. Definitely, definitely the most encouraging performance of the week from my team. Uh, the offensive line, like you said, that was the big thing. I mean, Alfred's looked good when he's had opportunity this season, so I'm not as worried about him. It's just about seeing the Cowboys' offense as a whole uh, look good. And he just had some gaping holes to run through, and he capitalized. So definitely high on him. And my biggest concerns are Zach Ertz and, um, like you said, Stefan Diggs. But uh, let's move on to the next matchup because we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, this this matchup between us was completely irrelevant. All that mattered for you was seeding, and that really didn't matter that much. The other the next matchup I will talk about is going to be Brian versus Greg. This was an important matchup. Brian needed to win to guarantee himself a playoff spot. If he lost, he was more than likely going to be out of the playoffs. It turns out that if he had lost with both Anna and Dan losing, he still would have been fine. But he emphatically stamped his ticket into the playoffs. He wins with a score of 14,220 to Greg's 8,160. This is an absolutely fantastic week for Brian. And we've continued to kind of discount his team because... It has been very up and down. He's had some very terrible weeks. He's had some injuries. But look at this. You look at this lineup. It's got some decent potential, I would say, to put up some points. 
I mean, talk about a solid performance from top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely. His lowest, including his bench. Yeah, his lowest scoring player was Orlings Darkwa with nine sixty, and and three players on his bench scored roughly two thousand each. Wow. Yeah. Very true. Very true. You know, a, a solid performance from Goff. He gets good performances from all three of his wide receivers, Funches, Hopkins, and Bryant, with 1,400, 1,200, and 1,460, respectively. A massive game from Kenyon Drake. And if Williams is out again, perhaps Drake can replicate yeah, that. Although. I, I, that's if, and I think Williams will be out because uh, his injury, I haven't heard any updates, but it seemed like it would be a multiple week thing. And Kenyon Drake could be huge for Brian. That would be a big lift for his team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, that would be huge for him, for sure. Greg's team, more the same of what it has been for the most part of the year. He had back-to-back good weeks in Week 12 and 11. Comes crashing back down to earth. Doesn't really get a good performance from anyone except his defense. The Chargers put up 1650. His tight end, Delaney Walker, puts up 1470. And then... Tyler Lockett with 1066, that's really all you can expect from him, so that's a good game from him. Kirk Cousins, 1464, which he would have been playing Matt Ryan if he hadn't made the trade, so I guess that's a 700-point bump for him, but still not a great performance from Kirk Cousins. You know, Mixon leaves with an injury. Martavis Bryant and Jordan Howard, they have their disappointing weeks. Duke Johnson Jr. has kind of fallen off of a cliff the second half of the year. He was super consistent for Greg, and I guess he hasn't really fallen off a cliff, but the last two weeks haven't been good. I think Greg's team is pretty much summed up with, hey, great first year in the league, Greg. We really <laughs> loved having you, and much better presence than Jeff, no question. Um, I uh, I wish you the best of luck next year, and I hope there is a next year. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you've given this podcast at least one or two listens, maybe not, but um, we love you. Great guy, great cousin, loved having you in the league, and best of luck next year. Your team just, as Tommy went through it, you know you, you know it. It just didn't have what it takes this year, and uh, we wish you the best. Yeah, and that, and that happens. It was The same thing happened to me. So I started off better than he did, but by the end of it, I was my team was just as abysmal as his was. So I'm right there with him. Now, I did want to kind of give Brian a, a small little shout-out before we move on to the next matchup because – his team didn't score a lot of points overall on the year. It was one of the lowest. It was the second lowest, only only ahead of Justin for playoff teams. But five of Brian's seven wins were very quality wins, scoring 14,300, 12,800, 12,000, 13,400, and 14,200. Those are all really good weeks. Or not really good, but those are all good weeks. And yeah, so very, very respectable. He just had a very, very up and down year because he also has scores of 9,800, 7,500, yeah. and 6,600. Yeah. So that was the thing about Brian's team. And I think it, it, it made me, and you know, I can't speak for you, but it, it definitely made me uh, think of Brian's team more harshly in my mind than I should have. Cause when his team, when he lost, boy, he, <laughs> I mean, he put up some of the worst weeks of the year. Yeah. His yeah. team would just, just, uh, was garbage some weeks but like you just said i mean he had a ton of really respectable weeks so if he can if his team can get hot at the right time you know his he's got the talent he's got the potential on his team to make a run in the playoffs yeah yeah definitely it's it's just been all about consistency for him he hasn't put together back-to-back good weeks since week four and five so and coming off of a really good week we will see if he can keep that up 
The history of this year tells us that he won't be able to, and it will be a down week for him, but we'll see if that changes. And the last thing about Brian's team, DeAndre Hopkins is the second-ranked wide receiver on the year, only behind Antonio Brown. And he was the 20th wide receiver drafted in our draft. The likes of Martavis Bryant and Terrell Pryor Sr. were both drafted over DeAndre Hopkins. So. That is... (laughs) crazy to look back on isn't it and 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 it's because you know and then you're just like you you buy into these into these narratives and you ignore other narratives that are staring you in the face why like how did we all forget the talent that deandre hopkins has so quickly just because he had trash quarterbacks we didn't i mean i certainly didn't forget the talent but i've been very surprised with how well he has done with Savage as his QB. It was not consistently good with the quarterbacks that he had last year. And obviously, it was just straight absurd while he had Deshaun Watson as his quarterback. I mean, that was just out of this world. But even without him, he's been very, very solid. And, and even you could even consider him good. That's he's- true. That's true. He's been, you know, he's been great. He's been, I would say, great with Savage. And I guess, yeah, you're right. It's, I mean, it's just. I wouldn't have touched DeAndre Hopkins with a 10-foot pole during the draft. I would have never drafted him. Yeah, I should What's have. What's wrong with me? I took Michael Crabtree, the pick before him, which wasn't a bad pick per se, but certainly Hopkins has been a lot better. And yeah, it's just, like I said, 20th draft, 20th wide receiver drafted, and he is currently only behind Antonio Brown in overall points. So that's one of the that's got to be one of the picks of the year. And yeah, let's... Uh, Good luck to Brian moving forward, and let's let's get on to the next matchup. I want to touch on Scott's matchup versus Anna. Scott takes down Anna quite handily, uh, you might say, with 16,156 to Anna's 9,206. Her team, Anna's team, was just a little dejected, I think, after that heartbreaking loss to Drew in Week 12 while putting up 14,000. They had no wind left in their sails. Julio Jones comes back with 340 after his 4,000-point week. Deshaun Jackson only 340. Eckler, after he had put up some very decent to good weeks for her, only puts up 500. New Orleans doesn't do very well against Carolina, only 750. And Drew Brees again, only 1446 because of what Kamara and Ingram are doing. And I feel bad for Anna. Again, I, I touched on this a little bit. She was right there, and I think she deserved... A playoff spot and I'm not trying to crap on Justin but I think if there's one team that you would say shouldn't have made the playoffs if you if Def- over it's definitely o- Justin over Anna o- over Anna and Dan yeah it's it's Justin's team he's the lowest scoring team of the of the teams in the playoffs and yeah so I think Anna definitely deserved to get over in over him and like I mentioned, with those two huge losses that she had with a massive amount of points, if those go a different way, she's in the playoffs. So, unlucky. She had a very solid team. I don't know that she could have won the championship because I think there are some really good teams. But yeah, it, it's just it's just the way fantasy works. You're not always going to get in the playoffs. You're going to lose games that you deserve to win. You're going to win games you deserve to lose. It's just, it's, you know, completely random. So, Feel bad for her. I think the biggest disappointment of Anna's year is probably either C.J. Anderson 
or I mean it's 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 hard to say this, but maybe Julio Jones. I mean if you if you go to his point total at the end of the year, he's going to be up there with the best of the best, but his inconsistency has really hurt Anna in some key matchups. And I'm sure I'm sure she's supportive of her guy, but I mean Julio Jones just did not live up to his his elite status. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because he actually He's currently the sixth ranked wide receiver right, on the year. Right, which is, that's insane. That's insane. I mean, it's inflated by a 4,480-point week. Kareem Hunt is still the fifth ranked running back on the year, and that guy's been absolute dog piss since week three. So, <laughs> Very, very apt comparison. Um, it's a perfect yeah. comparison. He put up 4,200 in his week one, which is obviously his best week of the year by a landslide he backs it up with two weeks over 2000 and then since then like i mentioned just so below average and definitely below where you draft him and it's like you mentioned for julio jones you've got one two three four five weeks with less than a thousand points and then many weeks that are right around a thousand points which is not what you were looking for when you draft julio jones with the what was it fifth overall pick that she had so He's definitely up there for biggest disappointments uh, for her team, for sure. Looking at Scott's team, he just, you know, his team's been scary the whole year. And boy, you really didn't want to see this as Scott's competitor, a 16,000 point week heading into the playoffs. Big Ben with 1,900. Tyreek Hill with a crazy game, 34-46. He had two touchdown receptions and 185 yards. Just a wild game. And then... Le'Veon Bell doing Le'Veon Bell things with 2670. He had a receiving touchdown and 106 receiving yards, not to mention the 76 rushing yards. So, you know, Scott's team, it's been scary. It's still scary. And I don't want to play it. No, you certainly should not want to play Scott's team. And we will touch on again next week and, and into the playoffs. But he actually has a very favorable schedule you fortunately would not have to play him unless you made the championship. So you don't want to play him? You don't have to unless you no, make the championship. I will have to play him. Well, okay, right. But wouldn't you want to play him in the championship if you have to play him? <laughs> or would you rather play him in the first round? I, you know what? I don't care who I play, when I play, I'm going undefeated. I'm going to have the highest scoring team all three week of, weeks of the playoffs. That's absolutely not true, dude. Absolutely not true. My team is bottom tier um should we move on to the next matchup yeah we should i did want to give a shout out to kenny stills i would like you to guess where kenny stills ranks as the where he ranks in wide receivers for total total points on the year um top 20 yeah 19th ahead of mike evans des bryant and demarius thomas yeah, I mean he had he had some monster games when Matt Moore was in there. Yeah, and he's I mean he's a but he's a classic example of up and down and more than more than half the weeks you don't want to start him. So, but yeah, I thought it was pretty. I had no idea he was even ranked nineteenth. So, kudos to him. Kudos to Scott for sticking with him. He's had some big weeks for him. Next matchup we can talk about is let's do Drew versus Louie. This was a a, a very high scoring affair. This also had playoff implications. Louis takes down Drew with a score of 14,648 to 13,252. Drew was in a very good position to make the playoffs, sitting at 6-6 six and six going into this week. I had told him that all he really needed to do was score a lot of points, and 
even if he lost, he would he would probably still get in. It actually he was dangerously close to not getting in. If Dad had beaten Kyle and Dan had beaten Justin, which both of those things almost happened, Drew would have been out uh, with his with the and this would have been an absolutely devastating loss if Drew would have lost with this total to knock him out of the playoffs. Yeah, uh, similarly to what Dan experienced. Absolutely. So, Drew actually gets let down by Tom Brady, only putting up 932, but he gets massive performances from Aguilar, 2360, Kelsey, 2340, and New England's defense, 1850, who has, New England has been very, very good on defense all of a sudden, and it's like night and day from what they started the year at. Everyone was worried about their defense. They're fine now. And they're probably just going to make the Super Bowl. So hashtag Bill Belichick. Probably it's it's like what are the odds right? Like what are the odds for Patriots winning the Super Bowl right now? They have to be extremely high. I think like you know one to twenty or something like that. Yeah. Um. You you brushed over Travis Kelsey's twenty three forty, but that dude had like was it honestly like twenty one hundred in the first like five minutes of the game? He had. I want to say he had at least 75 yards and two touchdowns like five minutes into the game so it was absolutely <laughs> crazy uh jamal williams with the big game for drew That's 1930 been an absurd pickup for him yeah a really really nice pickup for him uh marvin jones jr with 1100 so you know drew like you said a really nice week he's also got kyle rudolph with 1160 on his bench so you know uh it's tough at this point in the season, in my opinion, to be rostering two tight ends. You got to think he's going to be playing Travis Kelsey every week. But, you know, I don't know. Um, he, it's his bench. I will tell you that he did not realize that the flex position could not hold a tight end. Wow. What? Well, so, I mean, I don't know. So he had said he thought about playing Rudolph uh, in the flex position. And I was like, oh, our flex position does not include tight ends we actually did a vote on that and it didn't pass so but i think that's why he had picked up rudolph so he, i would guess he would drop, oh, drop him got it all right well uh what do you think about about louis team definitely up there with scott's in terms of one of the scariest yeah and i think right now i think right now louis team with dan being out i think louis team is the scariest team to face right now scott's team is is very very good but i think can I lead with just the number? The uh, I'll lead with the one player that I don't that I don't want to see anywhere because he'll make me cry with his beauty. Yeah, and then you can look at the rest of Louis' team. Yeah, the explosion of Keenan Allen in these <laughs> last three weeks is one of my favorite stories of the entire NFL season. It it makes me so happy, and it would nothing would make me happier than Keenan Allen leading Louis to a championship. That would be absolutely fantastic. But, oh my god, if Louie can ride the coattails of Keenan Allen to a championship, he's catching fire at just the right time. The Chargers need to win. Phillip Rivers looks good. He has just been pretty, pretty mediocre to bad the entire season before this. So I just, oh, I love it. And that's one of the biggest reasons I'm afraid to play Louie, but go into all the other reasons. Yeah, you're, 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 you're right on the money there with Keenan Allen. Just absolutely absurd these last three weeks, and I will... I will add Antonio Brown into that 
conversation over the last three weeks, he's actually outscored Keenan Allen. So Louie has the two, which, <laughs> which, which is just insane because Keenan Allen has scored 34, 20, 28, 70, and 21, 50, which you would think, oh, my God, that's got to be the most over this the last three weeks. But no, Antonio Brown has 38, 32. Those have to be the two, those have to be the two highest wide receiver three game stretches of the entire season from anyone listen they have to be yes absolutely listen to this so over the past three weeks both antonio brown and keenan allen so we're three weeks they have over 40 targets each they have over 400 receiving yards each and keenan allen has four touchdowns and antonio brown has six touchdowns that's three weeks and louis has both of them yeah you, I mean, anyone playing Louie, you got to hope someone gets an enormous bucket of water and dumps it on both of them because Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen are the definition of in the flames right now. And, boy, you know, there's a lot of other strengths on Louie's team too. Marshawn Lynch is another player who's absolutely been in the flames. Um, four out, or Three of his last four weeks, he's got 1930, 1850, 1910. Just a, uh, an explosion of points for Louie. In the second half of the season, Jimmy Graham, Mr. Reliable with 10, 10. Uh, I just, Russ Wilson, what, what can he, what can he say against the Eagles? Yeah. He puts up a W with 24, 18. I mean, the, the guy is, the guy is truly at this point elite and, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, probably the, the future, you know, he's got to be one of the younger best quarterbacks in the NFL, just a bright future ahead of him. And he is just damn good. He scored at least 2,400 points eight out of the 13 weeks this year, Russell Wilson. And he hasn't scored less than 1,900 since his bye week in week six. Uh, So, yeah, when you pair what Russell Wilson has done with what Keenan Allen and Antonio Brown are doing right now, and then you throw into the mix that he has a super consistent tight end that Russell Wilson loves, and now he's got Marshawn Lynch coming on strong, Latavius Murray has been really good, and... Not to mention, Josh Gordon comes back and gets 11 targets yeah. and 85 yards oh in his my first gosh. game. Oh my gosh. Uh, talk about one of my favorite stories of the season. Josh Gordon, you know, he only got four catches for 85 yards. I say only because, you know, it's it's a thousand. It's not a massive fantasy game. But for the circumstances, it was a massive fantasy game. And not only fantasy game, but he just, he looked good. He was running routes. He was catching balls. He looked like Josh Gordon, not some guy who hasn't played professional football in a few years. Right. And it was just, it was great to see. And I don't know. Uh, I I don't know if you also saw this, but the uh, the cornerback came out and said that Josh Gordon was the second hardest person he's had to cover all year. Yeah, and that cornerback is good. Which, that, I mean, that tells you that Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon just comes back, not rusty at all, and... Gosh, if he's a viable option for Louis in fantasy rest of season, my goodness. Louis's team looks very, very dangerous. He's been red hot. Drew has been very hot these last two weeks. They're actually playing each other again next week. We will touch on that matchup in a little bit. I want to get off of this matchup. Uh, you can't say enough about what Louis's team has turned into these last few weeks. If they can keep this up, I mean, it's it's game over. Louis wins the championship. So it'll just be, it's just a matter of, is it really possible that 
that what his guys have been doing, can they do that for a few more weeks? If so, he's, he's looking like he's in great shape. Next matchup I want to talk about is Kyle versus Dad. Kyle takes down Dad with a score of 12,596 to Dad's 12,336. This was almost an insane comeback. It looked like dad had no shot. And then with AJ Green and Chris Boswell playing on Monday night, AJ Green puts up 23-20 and Chris Boswell puts up 1,400 and he only loses by 260 points. And his team looked dead in the water. Way They were way behind. He was way behind. If Philadelphia could have done anything on Sunday night with his defense, he would have won. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't really have changed anything. Seeding would have gotten changed. But actually, if Dad had ended up beating Kyle, they still would have played each other next week. So right now, they're playing as the 1-8 matchup. If my, if Dad had won, they'd be playing as the 3-6 matchup. So it doesn't change much, but really close. And if, if Dan had been able to win, and Dad would have been knocked out of the playoffs by Dan. So it, it's just, there was so much riding on these matchups, and it, it really came down to it on Monday night. So that was really, really exciting. What do you see from Dad's team from this week? I gotta think. I gotta be thinking that Dad is proud of his team. Only twelve three three six, but you know they put up a fight, and it's got to be a good energy in that clubhouse because Dan's team lost, and Dad's team is heading to the playoffs. It's a uh, it, it's a huge thing, and Dad should be proud. Cool hand, Lou, making it to the playoffs, Mister Reliable, the old vet. Uh, proud of you, pops. But looking at Dad's team. Philip Rivers, seventeen fifty six. You know, I, I I wonder if Dad is gonna stick with Philip Rivers rest of season. Uh, if so, I I think it's a good call. I think Philip Rivers is getting hot at the right time, and I think that could be a viable option for Dad. Mike Evans, his biggest disappointment of the week, probably Dad's biggest disappointment of the season. Definitely, you know, some inconsistencies there as well. We've mentioned a lot of inconsistent guys, but. Not only Mike Evans was sorry to cut you off. Not only inconsistencies, but Mike Evans hasn't had a massive week at all this year. He he hasn't ever scored over two thousand. He said he's had good weeks, but eighteen hundred is his best, which is absurd when you think about the past few years what Mike Evans has been able to do. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good point. Um, Christian McCaffrey with thirteen forty. Dion Lewis only with nine twenty. That's you know. Everyone's, you know, we're praising Deion Lewis one week, and you know the next week he's he's only getting 92 rushing yards, which is a good game. It's a good game, but he he's not getting a touchdown with it because Rex Burkhead is getting touchdowns, and it's just that's that's the game you're playing when you have a New England running back. So Dad's just got to cross his fingers and hope that Bill Belichick gives the ball to Deion during the fantasy playoffs. Alex Collins was maybe the most exciting performance of the week for Dad with 2280 because you know even with Danny Woodhead back Alex Collins just went out there and got some points and looked good and looks like he's going to be playable for dad moving forward even with Danny Woodhead healthy I think dad's got to be excited about that obviously excited about AJ Green's 2320 but that's expected at this point um I don't know what anything I missed what you what do you think about dad's team you think he can be optimistic I think dad can be very optimistic I think Dad's got a very solid team. We talked all year about the hole on his team was his running backs. With Christian McCaffrey and Deion Lewis, Dad now has two 
top 20 running backs. Both of those guys are ranked in the top 20. I want to say Christian McCaffrey's 13th, and I think Deion Lewis is like 19th. But overall in the year, they're both ranked in the top 20 for fantasy points for running backs. Deion Lewis's floor since week four is 822. That's his lowest week. And so obviously you're hoping for a little more than that, but if that's his floor for his RB2, that's not something I thought I would be able to say. No, I mean, if if and if you would have told us that, we would have said, wow, well, dad's team's good now. I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as that in fantasy football. When you have a big hole in your team, it hurts you because uh, you're just not getting points from that position consistently. And fantasy football is all about getting consistent points from all your guys across the board. And dad has been able to fill all the holes in his team. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I think he can be optimistic, more optimistic than the guy who beat him this week, Kyle, with 12-5-9-6. What do you think about Kyle's team? And, you know, what do you think he can be excited about? So Kyle has a, a very solid week, a very good week, actually, with 12,500. And it was a very even spread across his team. As usual, he gets great weeks from Jacksonville, 1,800, and Zerline, 1,900. T.Y. Hilton has actually has a decent week with 1,260. It's one of his few good weeks this year. Melvin Gordon, is you. Kyle's going to need more than 1,260 from Melvin Gordon next week, I think, to have a shot at winning. I don't expect Rex Burkhead to put up another 2448, but what a wonderful performance by Rex Burkhead. He has been very good for Kyle since Kyle picked him up off waivers. I do what worries me is next week he just those touchdowns just could not he just couldn't he could potentially not get those very easily because as we've mentioned with Bill Belichick at any point things change and next week it could be Deion Lewis with the two rushing touchdowns. So it's kind of like Russian roulette. Hopefully he can keep it up for Kyle because that has been a very big bright spot for Kyle's team these past few weeks. You look at his wide receivers, and Inman does all right with 9-10, and Macklin does not so great with 6-10. With Robert Woods out and Jordy Nelson, I mean, he picked up Jordy Nelson, but still Hunley does not like Jordy Nelson. Since Aaron Rodgers went out, Jordy Nelson, he got 900 in that game against Minnesota, which was most of it was from Brett Hunley, but since then his highest score is 550 which is just he's just not startable and I don't think Kyle will start him it's no rightfully so and it's a brilliant case study in the you know effects of a quarterback on the performance of wide receivers but we were just talking about holes that dad filled my goodness talk about some holes Kyle's wide receivers you were just getting into it I I don't know you know he's got a really good shot if Rex Burkhead can explode and Melvin Gordon can have a great game and you know DeMarco Murray there too Carlos Hyde he's set at running back he's loaded locked and loaded ready to go but he's got some gaping wounds at the wide receiver position he's got to hope for some breakout performances from some guys who have been inconsistent otherwise I can't, I would not bet on Kyle's team yeah I mean you're if he's going to be starting Macklin Hilton and Inman next week as well as Jack Doyle I mean you just all of those guys at on any given week can just put up an absolute dud. So 
I am concerned for Kyle uh, moving into week 14 here. He's He started off with with really good luck, obviously, and that's what was able to lock his playoff position very early on. Since then, he's had some tough breaks with the Deshaun Watson injury. He loses Will Fuller. That would have been a really good wide receiver to have. And now Robert Woods, it doesn't look like Robert Woods is going to be playing in Week 14. Maybe that will change over the course of the week. But if this is the th- if these are the three wide receivers Kyle starts in Week 14, I'm worried for him. I am definitely very worried for him. And he's got Matt Stafford as his QB who left the game with a hand injury. It's not a broken hand, but if it's badly bruised... I don't know if you can start him confidently next week. And if you don't start him, I don't know who Kyle's going to go with as his Week 14 quarterback because also it was going to be Tyrod Taylor, but now Tyrod Taylor went down with a patellar tendon contusion last week. So, And with the Buffalo coach having a hard-on for Peterman, I'm sure he's going to start Peterman next week. So I, it's, I, I'm worried for Kyle. Yeah, that's an understatement. I'm worried for and Kyle. And I think we can leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely, definitely agree 100%. And, uh, you know, TJ, it's just, it's fun talking fantasy with you, man. It's, um, it's, let's move on to the last matchup. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm giddy. I'm a, I'm giddy like a, like a little boy to talk about these playoff matchups. So let's get through this last matchup. Yeah, we, we touched on it a little bit. Justin beat Dan with a score of 13,578 to Dan's 13,012. Dan gets knocked out of playoff contention with a score of 13,000. It's just the epitome of his year. It just wasn't meant to be. It was just never going to happen because the gods, the fantasy gods, did not want him in the playoffs this year. I don't know why, but they made it so. Before you get into Dan's team, because I'll let you get into Dan's team after, you know, just to quickly follow up that rant you started the episode with. Uh, on Justin's side, Case Keenum with, with uh, you know, 1698, just... I. <laughs> I like Case Keenum, and I I know Justin's a little weary, but I'm fine starting Case Keenum against the Carolina Panthers in Week 14. I'm fine starting Case Keenum against the Bengals in Week 15. I'm fine starting him against the Packers in Week 16. I I don't you know I don't hate starting Case Keenum rest of season. So I think Justin can feel confident moving forward with Case Keenum. I, I had to say Case Keenum so many times to just drill at home what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone because it's Case Keenum, but he's really, boy, he's coming to that solid Minnesota offense in relief of Teddy Bridgewater and just, and Sam Bradford. And just, it's, it's, it's fun to see a guy who sucked, not suck anymore. I do know that Dak Prescott is on Justin's bench Got 1488 this week. What is your opinion? Who are you starting between Case Keenum and Dak Prescott? Go week by week because I don't know. Um, I'm conflicted. I'm high on Case Keenum and low on Dak Prescott, so I think I'm biased. But I can't say confidently I'd start Case every week. What are your thoughts? Well, for Justin, Justin Justin needs to take this one week at a time because he is going to have a very hard time getting out of week 14. So if you're talking about, if I, I just want to focus on this week 14. Case Keenum has, since week 8, had a, has a floor of 1,700 with two massive games uh, in between some, some solid games. 
Dak Prescott, while he did have a quote-unquote bounce-back week with 1488, he now hasn't gotten more than 1500 since week 9 against Kansas City, and Kansas City is atrocious, and everyone scores a lot of points against them, so... The big thing is he's going up against the Giants, who are bad, theoretically. Um, I don't know. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. We'll have to think it through, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be chatting about it with Justin just over text, as we often talk in our league. Open communication. We're always trying to help <laughs> each other out. What? Uh, unless you have any other thoughts, you know, um, what did you? What you? What do you think about Dan's team this week? Uh, I'll let you really get into it, but you know, let's not spend too much time. I don't need another rant because uh, we're trying to talk about the playoff matchups. So I already talked in depth about Dan's team. He has a great week. Kamara puts up 27-10. He has been absolute dynamite, just out of this world. Uh, you can't say enough about him. Evan Ingram has a great week in 1940. Larry Fitzgerald, the ageless wonder, has 2080. Carson Wentz, a little bit of a disappointment. Was hoping for more from him. He only puts up 17.92. He had a fumble at the one-yard line. And that's... I mean, he wasn't going to get in on the play. He was going to be short. But if he gets... if he's You're talking about an 800-point swing if it goes from being a touchdown to, being a, to losing a fumble. So that was a huge play. And Zay Jones, very disappointing with 320. Dan played Zay Jones over Marquise Goodwin. I don't know if he thought about that a lot. I don't know if he... I mean, Zay Jones had had good weeks prior, back-to-back good weeks. Eight, not good weeks with 880, but 880 and 1080, that's fine for your wide receiver three. And if he puts that up, he wins. I don't know how much he thought about... Hopefully, he's not tormenting himself over that decision. I don't know how much he thought about it, but... The difference between those two wide receivers would have gotten him the victory over Justin, but you just you can't you can't look at those types of things because he made several good decisions outside of that and you know all throughout the year. So it doesn't just come down to that one thing. Uh, but yeah, he has an amazing team. He's got an amazing team and another great week for him, and it just doesn't work out for him. Justin has his best week. Like I mentioned earlier, since week six. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, we've been saying negative things about Justin's team most of the episode, but he had a solid week, and, you know, he's got some players that could be good for him in the playoffs. He looks relatively solid at running back with Jarek McKinnon and Lamar Miller. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Gronk being suspended for a game, is that hurts. That's, uh, that's Justin's got to be mad about that decision Gronk made. That's a backbreaker. That's a backbreaker, and especially with the shit that is out there right now for tight ends. That is just absolutely devastating because Rob Gronkowski has been very, very solid. Uh, you know, a couple, a couple down weeks, two or three down weeks over the. You know, he had a really bad week in week one. Since then, he's had three bad weeks, and the other eight have been excellent weeks. So, with him out, it's a tremendous void to fill. I don't know who Justin picks up. Hopefully he can get lucky and find someone that gets a you know a multi touchdown week. So, but yeah, that's that's absolutely devastating for Justin going into this playoffs. I mean, Justin's week was saved by Tucker with two thousand and the Rams defense with thirty one hundred. That's what got him the victory. To be quite honest, the rest of his team yeah. wasn't anything spectacular. Case Keenum has a fine week. 
J.D. Westbrook has a fine week with 1080. You mentioned Miller and, and McKinnon. They both have solid weeks, but you played Bruce Ellington on Houston, who got injured at, at some point during the game. He's on IR now. But, yeah, it, Justin's team, he's going to find it very difficult to get a victory in Week 14 if, if Scott does what he usually does with his wide receiving core is in shambles right now. He no longer has a starting tight end on his roster. Like you mentioned, he's good at the running back position, which is nice for him. He's got to make a decision at quarterback. So, yeah, it's um, it's a, great, a really great week for Justin, but it might be, it might just be a, a flash in the pan uh, as far as I don't I, I don't know that he can do this again next week. Sure, sure. Uh, hot takes all throughout those matchup overviews. Let's move on to talking about the playoff matchups. Uh, you know, we won't spend too much time, but we just wanted to touch on the matchups a little more than we usually do. And, uh, you know, just wanted to highlight the week one, week 14, you know, week one of the playoffs, week 14 of the season. Let's talk fantasy football inaugural podcast season playoffs. Tommy, let's start with the one seed, Kyle going up against the eighth seed dad one word kyle or dad who's taking this dad couldn't agree more uh let's get into breaking it down yeah why do you think dad's gonna take this so this is a rematch of love last week they just played each other it was a very very close game they both put up over twelve thousand. i like i like dad's team this week i don't know I'm not Kyle needs to I don't know what Kyle's gonna do I, like I said if he's starting you look at who he's starting Macklin Hilton and Inman let me ask you this Jack who do you give the wide receiver edge uh who do you give the advantage to in this matchup you know let's just go one-to-one here so <laughs> you start with Jeremy Macklin versus Mike Evans it's a toss-up for me that's a toss-up that's a toss-up uh equal talent I'd say I'd say they're both at the same uh, point in their careers. Macklin and Inman are not, I mean, it's harsh to say not startable, but you really hope you have better options in the playoffs. Yep. So yep. I don't know. I'm fine with Hilton, especially going up against Buffalo, but I don't know. Macklin and Inman. And it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I mean, honestly, if he wants to play Doyle, fine, play Doyle, baby hands. He's whatever. But Macklin and Inman, those are the two biggest issues for Kyle's team. I I think for that reason, Dad will beat him. I, I just think Dad's receivers are solid from top to bottom. Rivers, like I said, is hot. McCaffrey, Lewis, I mean, we've been through this. I think the biggest opportunity for Dad to fall flat would be his tight end, Seals Jones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Jarvis Landry against the Patriots. I just don't trust the Dolphins' offense, although Jarvis Landry's been pretty good. Um I don't know. What do you think? What do you think are the weak spots on dad's team? And then do you agree with my take about Kyle's team or do you think there's other people? No, I agree with your take. Certainly the wide receiver, his wide receiving core is his weakest spot. Kyle's going to need some magic. And the thing is, is he's been getting it this year. So I'm not going to rule anything out. He's going to need Zerline in Jacksonville to do what they've been doing for him. I don't know how many like how many defensive points Jacksonville can get against Seattle 
They've been a tremendous defense. But I, I think... Hopefully Russell Wilson can do what he did to the Eagles, man. Apparently good defenses don't matter against against Russ the Bus. Right. I, I, I've i said this, and we'll, I'll talk about it. Chugga, chugga, Russ the Bus. Talk about Russell Wilson more when we get to Louie's matchup. But, yeah, I don't – Jacksonville will still get opportunities for sacks, maybe an interception or two. But unless they can get a pick six or something, and unless Zerline can go off for plus 1,500, I, he has done that most weeks, but – He's going to need, I think, at least a combination of like 4,000 points from Zerline and Jacksonville to have a shot well, this week. And well, and with Kyle's luck, he'll get that. He's he's right. ridden the success of Zerline and Jacksonville. It would feel wrong if he gets a W without those two pieces <laughs> exploding. Uh, the other thing I would say is Melvin Gordon's going to have to have a big week. I don't, like I said, it's gonna, he's going to have, if this is the lineup he is starting, He's going to have to get lucky, I think, to to get. I mean, he's going to need touchdowns. Macklin and Inman are both touchdown dependent. Inman hasn't been. I mean, his best week of the year is eleven eighty. So I guess that's that's what you're hoping for. Yeah. With a you know a, a very low floor of like. And 500. but I mean, but that's you know, it it sounds low, but man, if Kyle can get if Kyle can get a thousand. From Macklin and Inman, I think he gets he gives himself a good you know a thousand each. Oh I think God. he gives himself a good chance to win. He should be ecstatic if he gets a thousand yeah. from both Macklin and Inman. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, he would. I think he would give himself a great chance to win. Should we move on to the next matchup? I don't have much else to say about either of these teams. Yeah, I, I just I look at the rosters top to bottom, and if you were to you were to tell me pick a team. I mean, without a doubt, you have to go with Dad's team, right? Yeah, and I mean, the Yahoo's projections agree. Not that we weigh those too much, but Dad's team is just poised to to win. And I, I agree with the projections. I agree with your takes. And I think eight seed is going to take down one seed. And I'm sure the whole league will be rooting it on. Nothing against Kyle. Well, I mean, maybe <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of things against Kyle. But regardless of that... It's just people love the underdog, and it'd be fun to see the eight seed take down the one seed. Yeah, absolutely. So we're both we're both taking dad then. That's our official pick. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Let's uh, move on to the next matchup. Let's move to the two seed, Louie, versus the seven seed, Drew. Uh, Battle of the Brothers. Um, Louie and Drew, high school best friends, high school sweethearts, some would say. <laughs> and we've talked about how scary Louie's team is, but... Drew's team has looked solid as of late. Take me through it. One word first to start us off. Who's taking the W in this one, Louie or Drew? I've got to give it to Louie just because... No disrespect to Drew's team. No disrespect to Drew's team because I think Drew could put up 13,000 and Louie will still beat him. That's that's the amount of confidence I have in Louie's team right now, and it'd be hard to not have that kind of confidence with what he has done. We talked about he put up 14-6 this last week, which is his lowest week of the last three weeks. And he didn't even play Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown was questionable going into Monday night. So we would have had close to 16,000 again if he had played Antonio Brown. Drew's team, it's actually one of the higher scoring teams in the league. Definitely top half, and he's been hot as of late. If you're him, you just hope he can keep that up. Tom Brady should certainly, certainly have a bounce back week against Miami. You like that a lot. He put up 21-68 last time he played Miami two weeks ago. So I would expect probably at least 2,000 from him. 
it's going to come down to, I mean, it's just, it really is just going to come down to how many big weeks can he get out of his players. And he has proven that he's got the guys to do that. Travis Kelsey, Marvin Jones Jr., Devontae Adams, Nelson Aguilar just last week, and now Jamal Williams, who has been a beast these last two weeks. He's got Frank Gore starting against Buffalo, which I would say would be the, the weak spot on his team. Frank Gore always has a slight potential to score a, a touchdown, but without that, he's not a start. He's not a great option. He, he's very touchdown dependent. And I like Will Lutz and New England's defense for Drew. I think this is going to be the highest scoring matchup of week 14, and I don't think it'll be that close. That's a that's a hot take. It's the playoffs. I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying that's a hot take. Yeah, they played each other this last week, right? It was one of the highest scoring matchups of the week. Uh, maybe the highest scoring matchup. I'd have to double check that. But yeah. I, so Kyle and Dad is a rematch and Louie and Drew is a rematch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. But yeah, Will Lutz has been super consistent. New England has been good to great for weeks now. And Drew's team has the potential especially with their matchups now, I think he has a chance to put up a lot of points. And if Louis's team slips a little bit, even though they've been monstrous, Louis is in some slight danger of, of getting knocked out here, I think. Uh, what's your take on this? I completely agree. If if I'm Louis as the two seed, I'm not thrilled about playing Drew as the seven seed. You hope for a worse seven seed. I mean, I can say personally, as the three seed, I'm much happier to be playing Brian, and that's no disrespect to Brian's team. Well, maybe it is, but I just think Drew's team is more dangerous this week. I think Drew, other than you and Scott, would probably be the my last my last choice. I would definitely rather play Kyle and Brian uh, this week, and oh, and Justin. So and Justin. yeah, so that's three right yeah. there that I would rather play, and I might even rather play your team than Drew's team uh, this week, honestly. That's offensive, but I, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think Tom Brady is going to have a huge week against Miami, and I think his wide receivers are poised for good weeks. I worry about Drew's running backs. I think if Drew loses, it'll be at the running back position Absolutely. against Latavius Murray and Marshawn Lynch on Louis' team. So I'm, I'm going to be looking at the running backs mainly to decide this matchup. I think that's a fair, fair take. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, Drew's, Drew's wide receivers have no chance keeping up against Louis's wide receivers. So I'm basically saying Drew's—I expect Drew's wide receivers to be good to great, Louis's wide receivers to be great, running backs to be great. So Drew's running backs have to be, have to be you know, great. And you just—I don't know. I think Louis is going to win this matchup easily. I'm not as high on Drew's team as you are this week, but I agree um, in where he's ranked, just not better than my team. Yeah, I guess I just I. It's a juicy matchup matchup for Travis Kelsey. It's a juicy matchup for Tom Brady. And uh, Louis, I I will pick. I'm picking Louis to win, and I and I don't I don't like Drew's chances only because of how amazing Louis' team has been. It's going to take a big regression to the mean for Louis, for Drew to have a chance in this one. But I do like the, Drew's capability to, if, because I, I like all of his guys on any given week 
to put up a good week, I guess is my point. So if, if the dominoes fall in the right spot and he gets three or four guys who are all capable of putting up big games, I'll put up big games this week. He certainly has the firepower to do it, but do I like him? Do I like his chances? Not a lot, but you know he's got an outside shot. Because he's going up against beast yeah, mode. Yeah, because I would I would much rather I like Drew's team going into this week, but not against Louis. I guess is what is what I'm getting at. Do you think Russell? I wanted to ask you. Do you think Russell Wilson will have any issues in Jacksonville? Do you think that is something for Louis to be worried about? And then. Similar question, do you think he has anything to worry about with Antonio Brown in Baltimore, or against Baltimore at home? I think Louis should feel a lot of confidence seeing Russell Wilson's performance against the Eagles. Maybe before that, I would have been a little weary, but, I mean, Russell Wilson has been too consistent for you to have any concerns about him. I don't care who he's playing. Same thing with, with Louis' wide receivers. I think I think Keenan Allen and Antonio Brown at this point, they're living in the flames, and I would, I would be surprised if they aren't still in the flames this weekend. I just, I don't know. I think Louis' team is going to absolutely have no problem taking the W. I don't think he really should have any concerns. Yeah, you certainly like his team's potential, and I also love his his matchup for Buffalo at home against Indianapolis and, and Jacoby Brissett. So they're projecting Louis for around 13,000, but he he could go off for much more than that. Uh, yeah, let's let's go. Let's move on to the next matchup. The three seed, Jack, going up against the six seed, Brian. Uh, this has the potential to be one of the closest matchups of the week. I think it's really going to be a battle, and I'm very interested to see if my guys can perform. We touched on this earlier in the episode, but boy, it's going to come down to one day and one day only for me. And I know what you're thinking, Jack. Football is only one day every week. Obviously, it's going to come down to Sunday. No, I'm talking about Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I've got Matt Ryan, Michael Thomas, and Mark Ingram all suiting up their bootstraps on Thursday. Those are arguably three of my most important players, and it's going to tell us a lot about the matchup. What do you think about my team, and you know, what do you think about Brian's team? I do also want to point out that Brian has two people playing on Monday night. So not only are we going to have a close matchup, but we're going to have a very uh, widespread matchup in terms of points scored on Thursday and points scored on Monday. Yeah, no kidding. I like I like your team, and certainly you have a very, very good chance of beating Brian. We talked about how inconsistent his team has been. For you, I think it bodes well that he's coming off of a big week. As I mentioned, it's been a while since he's strung back-to-back good weeks together. However, he has some decent matchups. I like Hopkins a lot against San Francisco. That could be a big I'm worried about that. That could be a big deciding factor in how this matchup goes. If Hopkins can go off, that's that could spell some trouble for you. But his team I mean, Jared Goff going up against Philadelphia, I don't know how that's gonna work out. I mean, honestly, I, I don't have a very high opinion of Jared Goff. He's been very good minus one week since week seven. He's been very good minus the one week in week 11 when he faced Minnesota. He's got a very good defense. Now, Philadelphia just got destroyed by Russell Wilson, but Jared Goff is not Russell Wilson. So I'm concer- I would be concerned about Philadelphia if they're as good as they seem to be. Maybe they will have a classic bounce-back week. 
punch the Rams in the mouth just to remind everyone that they're still the best team in the NFC. So, yeah, it's for me, I'm going to take your team just because throughout the year, consistently, or I guess throughout the year, your team has been much more consistent. So, certainly Brian's team has proven they've got the potential to score a lot of points but so has yours. I like Crabtree a lot against Kansas City. Kansas City's defense has just been absolutely miserable. I like Zach Ertz to have a bounce back week as well as that whole offense against the Rams. I know the Rams have a good defense, but Philadelphia's got a great offensive line. I think they'll be I think they'll be looking to really bounce back. Again, Harrison Butker against Oakland. I'm not sure that the kicking position seems to be a wash for me. Both of them can put up big numbers. It really, you know, the kicking position is so random. It'll just be a matter of how often they stall in the red zone because both of those kickers will make their all their kicks more than likely. It'll just be a matter of if they get the opportunities. Sure. I do want to I do want to say uh Zach Ertz left the game on Sunday with a concussion. Oh, that's right. And currently it's there's no news um so zach Ertz could easily miss this next week and that terrifies me as you know it would be a a loss similar to justin's loss of gronk but instead of a suspension for being an idiot you know just a concussion so i i'm worried about that we'll see what what comes to life with that on brian's team obviously you know you see he hopefully won't be playing the bears but uh, I wonder if he'll stick with Denver. He's got Denver's defense on his bench, or if he'll pick someone up from free agency. We'll see. I think I'm going to win this matchup at the running back position. I expect Alfred Morris to re- repeat his performance last week against the Giants, and I expect Mark Ingram to score a bunch because the Saints always score a bunch, and Kamara and Ingram both always score a whole lot of fantasy points. So I think I'll win at the running back position, and I think Matt Ryan will pleasantly surprise you as well. Yeah, I certainly hope Matt Ryan pleasantly surprises me. You're, you're, it's going to come down to this Thursday night game. If, if Mark Ingram somehow doesn't do well, you're going to be in some trouble, I think. I'm pretty confident I'll know whether or not I'm going to win this win or lose this matchup pretty definitively after the Thursday game. Wow. That, I know that's ridiculous, that ridiculous to say. But to say, uh, I once scored 4,200 from on a Thursday night game from one player, and I ended up losing because Scott's team put up a lot of points. So Let's just say this. If my three guys have the performances I'm expecting on Thursday night, Brian will have no chance of catching up. Okay. Yeah, I really like your Cincinnati against Chicago. I think that could be a big tipping point. I guess in the matchup, uh, I I like, I like that matchup against at home against Chicago. So, yeah, that that could be that could be a big factor in who wins and who loses as well. So I think you've got the edge defensively, even if Denver he plays Denver because the Jets' offense has actually been really good. So it'll be. It'll hey, be... you don't want to play a defense against Josh McCown, okay? That's a bad idea. No, sir, you do not. Well, I think we're going to be super lame again, and I am going to take you over, Brian. I will be rooting for you for sure. Brian won last year, uh, and obviously you're my dude, so I'm going to root for you over Brian. 
I appreciate that. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I see some definite big game potential on Brian's side. And uh, like I said, it'll just be a matter of can he finally string two good weeks in a row together. So The final playoff matchup is the four seed and the five seed. Four seed being Justin, five seed being Scott. While it's the closest in seeding, it's arguably the furthest in terms of expectations and who is going to take the W here. Scott is heavily favored, and like we've been talking about, his team's been insane all year. While his team's only 7-6, and six, one of the scariest teams outside of Louis. What do you think about Justin's chances against Scott? Do you think the power of Plonk-Teef can prevail? Jack, I'm going to be very blunt about this. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think Justin has any chance in this matchup. Even with Plonktief on his side. Even with Plonktief on his side, we talked about it. This Gronkowski injury is just absolutely devastating. And with the Rams playing Philadelphia, I'm not sure that they can get a massive week like they did this last week to really increase his total. He's got. He's currently got Seth Roberts on his roster. I would assume he will not play him. Michael Crabtree will definitely be back, and I think Amari Cooper will probably also be back. So if they're both back, I don't think he can play Seth Roberts. He can play Danny Amendola against Miami. I would. I guess with the good week that Westbrook had, he would just play him again. I'm not sure that there are better options. I guess he's got to look at free agency there, but. I don't hate Corey Coleman. Well, no, not with Josh Gordon back. Right. I mean, maybe Emmanuel Sanders. The Jets' defense is pretty bad, but it's been such a train wreck in Denver. That's such a huge risk. Yeah, I mean, we're, over, we're, we're really grasping at straws well, and here. That's, and that's the thing. And then you go over to Scott's team, and you see Tyreek Hill you have none of these up questions. against Oakland. Who just, he just put up 3,400. When he played Oakland last time, he put up 2,272. Brandon Cooks is going up against Miami, and he carved them up like Swiss cheese back in Week 12. He put up 1840 with 83 yards and a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell is going up against who cares? <laughs> right, right. Le'Veon Bell going up again, it doesn't matter. Now, Fournette against Seattle, that could be a little interesting. That's There's potential for a down week for Fournette there. I will say that. Greg Olson against Minnesota. Greg Olson... I don't know. I, I I would be interested to see if Scott picks up another tight end uh, off of waivers tomorrow. I guess he's got Hooper maybe, but I'm assuming he wouldn't want to play Hooper on Thursday because Greg Olson's status probably wouldn't be determined by then. And even if Greg Olson plays, that's a bit of a risky play because he came back from injury and then left the game right away. So I think Greg Olson is currently the biggest you know, the tight end position is currently the biggest weak spot on Scott's team. I don't, I don't know. I think the Atlanta New Orleans game will be high scoring. So Austin Hooper isn't the worst play, but I'm not confident in that either. And then Kenny Stills, even though, you know, he said he's the top 20 wide receiver on the year. I don't know. What do you think about, I, I don't love playing him against the Patriots. No, I don't love playing him against the Patriots either. Not in the slightest. So, you know, it's not like Scott's team isn't vulnerable in some areas. Justin has the opportunity to get the W if his team can perform. I just, I don't know. I don't see it happening. But at the same time, I don't see Scott's team as the 
angry monster we once saw it as. I definitely think there's other teams in the league that, given the opportunity, will be able to take Scott down. Yeah, one saving grace for Justin could be that Ben Roethlisberger is going up against Baltimore's defense, the number one ranked pass defense in the league. So I would assume Scott will stick with him, but that's kind of a dangerous thing. And not that he, Ben Roethlisberger could easily put up, as long as he gets a couple touchdowns, he could easily put up you know, 15 to, 1,500 to 2,000. But that, there's potential there for that game to be like a, you know, six to nine game. I mean, they've had those very often in the past. And if Pittsburgh's offense can struggle and Roethlisberger and somehow Bell can struggle, if that whole offense struggles and they can't get the ball moving against Baltimore's defense, that I think is going to be Justin's best chance of getting this victory. Scott's team is going to need to falter. I don't see Justin putting up over 13,000 again this week. I just, I don't see it happening. I would, I would love to be the four seed or the five seed you got to play i mean so i would i would love to be the five seed i would love to be the five seed you you got to play justin and then the winner of kyle and dad talk about a cakewalk to the championship scott with with the struggles he had and for a second it looked like he might miss out in the playoffs the way everything worked out for him i think it worked out 100 percent in his favor you nailed it directly on the head there he gets the easiest matchup in Justin just st- statistically speaking just was that Justin was the lowest scoring team in the playoffs so that's the easiest matchup right there and again again he doesn't have to play you or Louie until unless he would make the championship yeah so he gets to play either Kyle or dad which I think on you know on the opposite side if I beat Brian I have to play the winner of Louie and Drew I don't want to play either of those teams so definitely think Scott has the easiest position to make a playoff run and i don't know i'm just excited it's gonna be some great matchups this is what we've been waiting for all year make sure you know no one's listening to this before but i just hope everyone's making sure to put their waivers in because if you miss waivers this week man uh you're really hurting yourself maybe you could have picked up that one piece that could have could have brought you to the ship so definitely be looking at that and i don't know tommy i'm excited i'm sorry you're not in the playoffs but I'm sure you're you'll be rooting for your favorites and still paying attention, still keeping up. Appreciate your team's effort this year. Appreciate everyone's team's efforts this year. It's been a fun regular season. So excited to be moving on to the playoffs. And yeah, Tommy, any final last words? Yeah, I was gonna say actually that I'm kind of excited. Obviously, I would rather be in the playoffs. I'm not saying that I'm disappointed by that. Uh, it is. It's. I. It's the first time it's happened since i think 2013 no no no. 2013 maybe maybe 2012 uh but it's it's going to be nice just not worrying about anything and i can just i can just sit back i can just sit back and watch the outcomes unfold i'll obviously be rooting for you and louis just because you're my bros but you know it would be a fun it would be a fun story for Drew to take down Louie as well. Uh, same thing for, for Je- you know, I'll be rooting for Scott because I think he deserves to make the semifinals much more than Justin does. But it would also be incredible if Justin could take down Scott somehow. Uh, and then again, yeah, da- Dad versus Kyle, a, a matchup, a rematch of last week that, that came down to the wire. Hopefully we can get another one of those. It's very exciting. 
as you mentioned, thank you everyone for all the effort that you put in through the regular season. Shout out to Dan, Anna, Tommy, and Greg who have been eliminated. Great season. It didn't work out for us, but there's always next year. And what I did actually want to say, which is something that Dan brought up to me, I think the four of us should have a loser's bracket and but that would mean that this week is a bye week for all of us <laughs> and then hey congrats on the bye week uh, yeah exactly and then in 15 and 16 so week 15 i would play dan and then anna and greg would play each other and then we could you know so it would it would be kind of determine who the the loser of the league is now i if I'm technically the loser because I finished with the worst record. I, I'm in 12th place, so um, I, I accept that. I that that is my that is that is on me this year. I'm the loser, but I think it would be fun to see, uh, for, you know, just to have something to cheer for in week 15 and 16 for us. I know that uh, Dan definitely wants that. So if Anna and Greg are also cool with that, we could do a little losers bracket again in week 15 and 16. So we'll 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 get this week off though. But yeah, it's man. Playoffs are here, and it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun week. We start off hot with your guys on Thursday night. So, yeah, that's um, I think that pretty much. Best of luck to everyone. Best of and, luck to uh, everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be back here next week to continue talking through the fantasy football playoffs and bring you to the end of the fantasy season. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, feel free to email us at jr at letstalkpod dot com or tj at letstalkpod.com and please share us like us favorite us subscribe (laughs) to us do all the above we love chatting with you and don't stay away too long next time let's talk fantasy football bye have a beautiful time ciao all right i'm gonna i'm gonna stop the recording